For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Alrighty, DC. Welcome into this week's Believe in Wizards podcast. As always, I think we got a pretty good show for you. Got a lot of stuff to talk about. Anytime the team is winning or drops uh, new merch, I think there's always uh, some buzz in the fan base. So we'll get into that here a little bit with Ed Oliver, one of the hosts of the Locked On Wizards podcast. But before we get to that, we just want to uh, give you one of our sponsors, uh, a quick word from them. So Bet Online, we're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE50 to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports. BetOnline where the game starts. Let's get to the show. All right, Wizards fans, welcome into this week's Believe in Wizards podcast. I'm fortunate to be joined here today by Ed Oliver, one of the hosts of the Locked On Wizards podcast. Ed, thanks for coming on, man. Thanks for having me. Glad we could finally get together and do one of these. Um, I think the biggest news in Wizards basketball right now, other than the 5-1 and one start, is the new City Edition jerseys that just came out. <laughs> I just wanted to get your uh, initial reaction in our sort of first ever fashion update here on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny because the, the Wizards actually had a fashion show with like Kuzma and Trez yeah. on Saturday. Um, they're, they're, I don't love them. I don't hate them, to be honest. You know, I saw your tweet earlier where you were wearing the Wizards throwback jersey. I, I kind of prefer those, to be honest with you. And I, I like the, I like, I like the gold uh, yeah, jerseys where Gilbert Arenas, where he put up 60 and 50 every, almost every night, every other night in those jerseys. I like those a little bit. The these they're okay. I wouldn't buy them, but Same. I like I said, I don't hate them. They're okay. I, I give them like a B minus B plus. That's kind of where I'm with. That's kind of where I'm at with them. I, they're they're okay. It's like a mix of the 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 blue, white, and golden ones, and then they mixed it with the ones that we're wearing right now. So I, I get what they're what they're trying to do with it or what they did with it. Um, but like I said, I, I see I give it like a B plus, B minus. Did you like the gray jerseys last year? I I did like them. I think they were just simple. They they put the DC in the middle, so they they were just more simple with it. So I I didn't mind it. Then they had the stars on the bottom, and then with these they got the DMV on the shorts. So I, I think that's pretty cool. So the the preview, the way they teased it, um, they had like the letters of the 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 blue and white ones. So I was like, oh okay, they're probably gonna do the the blue and white uh, jersey, but they they mixed it. It's like a remix mm-hmm. jersey. I, 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 I like the gray ones. 
I, I liked the gray. I felt like we wore them a little too much last year for mm-hmm. like an alternate jersey. It seemed like, I don't know if like Westbrook liked them or whatever, but it, it seemed like <laughs> at least half the games uh, last season were, were in the gray. And I thought if you were going to do like a nod to Georgetown, maybe lean a little more heavily into that, you know, than just like mm-hmm. the same exact jersey, but but kind of gray. Um, but But I did like them overall. I think I actually liked those more. Then I like these. Um, right. This sort of like, yeah, it's like a half throwback, but not really. Uh, yeah, I just, I don't know. I was looking for something like kind of different here. And and I think mm. there's so many cool things you could do in DC that uh, you could give a nod to, but that's okay. I mean, they, they could have done a lot worse and, and some years the Wizards do worse. So I, yeah, I think we'll, we'll take an average uh, an average one if we have to. Yeah, I think a lot of people were looking for the cherry blossom yeah. ones. They kind of, they never, they have never been released, but like people made like models of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, like the, the sort of red, green, black, and yellow, like Wale, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, like throwback kind of thing. That's almost what this <laughs> one with like the bright red and and bright blue reminded me of, just like the sort of block yeah. coloring. I do remember those. I do remember those. So anyway, yeah, I, I I'm still a sucker for like the mostly all black uh, district, you know, city yeah, edition like jerseys from a couple of years ago. That's okay. I don't care what they wear as long as they continue winning in whatever jerseys they're in. Uh, right. Teams five and one right now. Uh, it's been at least a, a decade and a half since the team started out five and one, which is honestly like kind of sad when you think about it. But um, I'll happily take it. The last couple years, last year they started 0 and 5, the year before that 1 and 4, the year before that 1 and 7. So uh 5 and 1 is honestly like kind of best case scenario in my opinion. Um I just gonna get your overall take on the start so far. Uh, it's awesome. I mean, like you said, it's, it's 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 totally different from what we've seen. I mean, like you said, we haven't done it since 2006. And what's that Jr. was the assistant coach to Eddie Jordan at that His time. first so year as an assistant, me. too, which is why right. Yeah, so it just tells you. I mean, we're tied for first in the East with the Bulls and some other teams. I mean, we're we look good. I mean, we've been able to do it without guys uh, being available. Gafford being injured, Rui not being here, Thomas Bryant uh, won a game without Bradley Bill playing. I guess the Pacers were winning games that we usually lose one double overtime. Yeah. yeah, one without Dinwiddie. Uh, we're using we're we're winning games that we usually lose down the stretch, double overtime um, against the Celtics, overtime against the Pacers. We're playing better defense. We're moving the ball. It's not stagnant. It's not just isolation basketball. Guys are moving the ball. We're finding guys to make shots. Kuzma stepping up. Harold, Harold, I mean, he, he deserves the key beast. of the city right now. He's yep. hitting half court shots, half court. He's getting Celtics fans kicked out of the building. I'm just in the, the chemistry with him and Bradley Bill is just untouchable right now. The guys, the, the way they do the pick and roll, their uh, press conferences after the game, they just love each other right now. Uh, this is probably the happiest I've seen Bradley Bill. Just, just he looks happy right now. Um, but like I said, it's only six games, but um, it's just refreshing. It's a breath of fresh air with West Central Junior. Just seeing plays be called and ball movement, the the interchanging with putting Davies in for off, even though Davies is really providing much offensively, consistently. You know, down the stretch against the Celtics, having Denny play defense. Denny's defense is is really good right now. Uh, blocking shots down in clutch. Him putting Denny in defensive situations and put Davies. You know, for offensive situations, um, it, it's just it really is a breath of fresh air. And I really think this Wizards team, the over under was 34 and a half. And they're clearly going to just beat that by. I, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to get bullish on this team. I really think they can win 45. 
I think they can get to 45. Yeah, I, I said 41 and 41 before the year, but was very adamant about hammering the over. Like, I don't mm-hmm. care what you think they'll be, but there's no way this is only a 35-win team. Uh, you know, 45, like, I, I think they can definitely do it if guys get healthy, stay healthy, mm-hmm. all that stuff. I just always assume the worst as a lifelong Wizards fan. Right. Like, we'll have some stretch in there where <laughs> guys get COVID or, or something terrible. I'm knocking on wood that that's not the case, but... right. Uh, you hit on the Montrez Harrell, Bradley Beal dynamic. And I, I pulled a one particular quote I, I thought was funny the other night. Um, they got asked if they would like to do a show together, like uh, Bobby <laughs> and Toby, um, right, yeah. Boban, Marianovich, and uh, Tobias Harris. And uh, Montrez said, I ain't playing with no goldfish in a commercial. The guy's just <laughs> funny and likable. So they're, like, they're fun to watch on the court. They're fun to listen to off the court. This is the most fun I've had with a Wizards team, again, literally since like the Arena Sarah teams. I don't know about how you felt about sort of the peak, you know, 2015 through 2017 wall Wizards. But for whatever reason, that just didn't connect with me personally as much. Like they mm-hmm. were good and they were fun. But I don't know, this style of play, the ball's moving a little bit more, although sometimes we get into a little ISO heavy stuff to close games. But uh, there's just something about this team. I don't know if you feel that way, too. Yeah, I, I I did love the Death Row DC teams too. So I I, I don't think there's a there's not a nickname yet. I mean, you got to be good to get a nickname first. Yep. So it, it's it's still early for all that stuff. But um, I, I did enjoy Markeith and and Gratad and and of course John Brad and um. Look, I, I'm always an I'm a, I was an auto porter defender just because he went to Georgetown. So I had to you know take some bullets there. Um, no pun intended. But um, I, this team is is the fans are loving trash. He's just basically an example of D.C. basketball, how hard guys from the DMV area play basketball. So it's just something that we've been asking for. Somebody who's a blue-collar guy just puts on their hard hat and just plays hard. He's physical. He's not scared to body guys, not scared to yell at guys. He's been a vocal leader. He's more of a vocal leader than Bradley Bill. It's not a, it's not a knock on Brad, but Brad's just not, you know, a vocal leader like that. And Trez, is, he's been that guy. Um, Kuzma, Kuzma's a likable guy. And you, you, we just we kind of feel a connection with these guys because some of these guys have been, I'm not going to call them misfits, but they just haven't, you know, they didn't work out where they were. Kuzma playing with LeBron and Anthony Davis, it's hard to be that third guy. It's just, you know, boss, it was hard for boss to do it. It's hard for Kevin Love to play with LeBron. So it's just not easy for guys to do that. Um, Dinwiddie, kind of a, not a misfit, but, you know, with He's the Nets, quirky, eccentric kind of guy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So the Bitcoin thing and all that. So they bought in Kyrie, they, they bought in guys who, you know, were, basically just better than him. And now he gets to come to a place and he said he's never been loved by a team before. This is a team that where he's going to have the keys to the car with Bradley Bill. I think Spencer Dinwiddie, honestly, uh, may end up being a better closer, a fourth quarter closer than Bradley Bill. Once again, not a knock on Brad, but, you know, there's just times where we see him falling and slipping. And against Boston, Jalen Brown just came up behind him and plucked the ball. We just, you know, it, it gets it gets old after after a while, you know. Um, and I think Dinwiddie will be a better close. He's he's shown to prove it. You know, he made that float against Boston, and um, and KCP too. KCP made some terrible mistakes inbound on the ball basketball. He was terrible with that. And you know, next thing you know, he comes up with a with a big steal. So um, we just got some guys who worked hard, and like I said, they didn't work out where where they thought it would in LA, and they came in and, and played better. And Tommy Shepard was is just that that trade for trading these trading Russ for these guys has just been it's probably the best trade of the whole offseason. To be honest with you, 
it, it got out of the in whole the GM survey. Like the, mm-hmm. the other GMs had it as like the third or fourth best move, which I, I think is at the least, you know, at least third or fourth. Um, I'm oh, with yeah. you. I mean, it, the way it's paid off so far, if it, if it continues down this path, I, I don't know how you don't look at Tommy Shepard as an executive of the year candidate, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, just, I, I think you nailed the difference for me between the death row teams and, and these teams. And it's those teams I expected to be good. Uh, mm-hmm. This team, they're kind of leaning into like the everybody's sleeping on us. We're kind of forgotten. I think we kind of have this feeling as a fan base that like national media shits on us, like everybody sleeps on <laughs> us. Like, so the fact that they're kind of playing that up, like it's just kind of easy to rally behind. And and I think, you know, I, I think you guys were were higher on them, um, you know, being above the 34 before the season. Same here. But I, I don't know that any of us thought they would look this good, you know, right out mm-hmm. of the gates. And and I think that they're just sort of like overachieving. It, it makes it sort of more fun to, to get behind. Um, I went to the Atlanta games, the first one I've been to this year, and they said the attendance was only like 14,000. But it's like the wildest I've felt like a regular season Wizards game in a very long time. And, and I think that mm-hmm. sort of speaks to to the energy that people like Montrez bring and KCP was hitting threes and the building was going nuts. And, um, <laughs> you know, Brad had a little stretch where, where he went kind of crazy. So yeah, I, I don't, I'm, I just, I can't totally put my finger on it, but, but there's something about it. I think the Wes Unsell jr. Being back and, and there being some like familiar ties with him. He's a guy you want to root for KCP Gafford. Like they're just good dudes. Uh, so, so everything about this team, I, I'm just sort of, there's not a guy like I kind of hate watch, you know, there's usually at least one mm-hmm. guy on the wizards where like, I can't um, <laughs> sort of stand the way they play, but I have to root for them. So. Uh, yeah. And even your guy, your guy, Neto, Neto was a guy who was a, a misfit with the yeah. Sixers. You know, he could barely find playing time and now he's playing lights out right now. I, I, I still, that blows my mind. Like I, I, and I know we kind of went back and forth on this already, but like, how how did nobody else in the league value that dude as a contributor? Like he's not the most consistent. He's not a guy you want starting for your team or anything like that if you don't have to. But uh, I really do think he's like a, a key piece of this team is, in terms of like being just like the scrappy guard. Like I, I love Brad, but he's not typically mm-hmm. kind of the dirty work guy um, for the team, which you you don't really want from your thirty point per game score anyway. But like. But, I, I don't know. Neto's easy to root for because he's willing to kind of do that stuff. Yeah, uh, he, he is. Who's the guy that you kind of are most pleasantly surprised by of this group? Like the guy that's like, holy shit, he's better than I expected across the board. That's a really good question. Um, <laughs> I'm just having to go with Trez. I mean, <laughs> he's averaging a double-double. There is um, a thing, uh, a list that came out by Basketball Reference. I talked about this last night on Locked on Wizards that he's like fifth in the MVP tracker. And I know it's way too early. It's only six games. But the fact that he's on there, he deserves to be. Not, it's not even the fact that he's on there. He deserves to yeah. be on there. Like, seriously, if he keeps this up, he's averaging like 19 and 10, which is not, you know, like Jokic numbers where Jokic is going to put up like 20, 13 or 15 or something like that. Sure. But the way he's impacting the game and the knock on him is that he can't defend. He, you can't play him in the fourth quarter. But no, we're begging for this man to play in the fourth quarter. He was in foul trouble. I guess the Celtics, we were begging for this man to get back in, even though Kuz did a good job at the five, too. But um, I'm, I'm going to just say, Trez, because I, I predicted Kuzma to have a, a bounce-back year. 
I didn't, I don't know if he would, you know, win most improved player, like kind of how Brandon Ingram did when he left the Lakers, but it was just, you know, it's just easy to say that when somebody leaves the Lakers, they're going to get better. Thomas Bryant, Jordan Clarkson, Julius Randle, Ingram, Lonzo Ball. I mean, there's like 35 people you can name that leave the Lakers and get better. But um, I'm going to go with Trez, man, because there, there, there were some negative like narratives about him, you know, him not getting along, I guess, with like Kawhi and not mm-hmm. happy with the, de- with the demands that Kawhi got. Um, Right. And just, I guess, some teammate things. And also, like like with, with the Lakers, you know, he couldn't even touch the floor in the fourth quarter. Like, they were playing Marcus Gasol over him. Like, that just doesn't make a lot of sense to me when you just look at it on paper. That's malpractice. And, um, right, yeah, it just makes zero sense. And um, he said he, he said he dang near had a year off with the Lakers in, in, a, in a press conference, too. So um, for, him, for him to play the way he's playing and contribute to wins and be playable in the fourth quarter – um, points in the paint, he's like top five per game and points in the paint per game. Um, the rebounding clip, I mean, the vocal leader, the players only meeting. I, I think that was important. We've always had players only meetings like the 30th game in, and we're like 10 and 20 at the time, or something like that, or we're like 50, uh, barely, barely not nowhere near 500, you know. So for him to step up and do that, and uh, for, for, you know, fans to bash him for that. I, I get why fans bash him because, you know, we've done it in the past and just hasn't worked out. But uh, for him to step up and do that, man, it, it speaks about volume. So I'm, I'm impressed with him off the court and, and, off, and on the court, just equal amount, to be honest with you. I really thought that whole thing was just bad branding by calling it a players only mm-hmm. meeting because it wasn't yeah. like we need to hash stuff out. He, he talked about how they actually, I think KCP talked about how it was like just them getting to know each other a little bit better. And like, mm-hmm. um, it was more like team bonding, which I, I think is never a bad thing. I, I mean, you hear all the stuff about like the vintage Spurs teams and how the entire team went out to dinner every night on the road and, and things like right. that, where everybody does the, you don't have to be best friends to play together thing, but it clearly seems to help when teams actually like each other. So I'm with you. I think they needed a guy like that. I, I think, you know, Westbrook did a lot for them, but you heard a lot about, Lopez and Ish Smith last year and and them doing sort of the veteran outspoken things that maybe Brad wasn't willing to do. So I think that, mm-hmm. that Trez does that, that KCP can do that is huge. Um, I've heard a good amount of people saying that no matter what happens with Daniel Gafford, if he comes back healthy, that they'd like to see Montrez stay in the starting lineup. Just want to get your take mm-hmm. on that. Uh, I would have him come off the bench because that's just his best role. And, you know, he's like he's him and Lou Williams are so similar as far as like that six man of the year award candidate. Every year, Trez is going to be in that conversation. Uh, I just think Trez, whether he comes off the bench or starts, he's going to give you the energy. It, it, he's not a guy where you have to start. You know, he can come off the bench and he's still going to give you 20 and 10 or 15 and 10 off the bench. Um, I think Gafford should start just to get his energy going, get his win going, get, getting him more comfortable out there. I think in the beginning of the game, that's where kind of the pick and roll, the dunks and the lobs are mm-hmm. open for some reason. Like at the beginning of the game, that usually happens for some yeah. reason. So I would just get him more comfortable. Gafford starting. I think he's I think he's better as a starter, to be honest with you. And then uh Trez is like I said, he's he's a guy where he can he can be the the 10th man off the bench and he's still going to make an impact on the game wherever he comes in. So I, I would just I would keep it going with Gaff as the starter. Trez coming off the bench and he would still get, I want to say Trez is averaging like 28 minutes per game. Mm-hmm. So he was still, in my opinion, I still feel like he deserves to get at least 25 to 28. If, if he, wherever he comes off, 
bench or a starter, he needs to get at least 25 to 28, maybe even 30 minutes a game if he keeps playing like this. I'm wholeheartedly agreed with you there. And I think the one thing that's been kind of consistent these last two games in the press conferences is Wes Unseld's talked about their rim protection hasn't been very good, you know, their paint mm-hmm. defense. And, and I think that's sort of the one thing Montrez doesn't do for you. Like he's actually been better than advertised, but I still think Gafford mm-hmm. is your best sort of oh, yeah. backline defender there. So, so I would start with that as well, kind of set that tone early. And again, if, if Harold can do that against starters, you know, when you're 20 games into the season and teams are starting to have guys that are slowing down and are a little banged up, Harold's going to look that much more ridiculous coming off of, you know, somebody's like watch Tony Bradley try to guard him the next time, you know, we, <laughs> we play the bowls or something like that. I, I just don't, I don't see that being a favorable um, matchup for those guys. So I want to see him match up uh, against Javel McGee. Yeah, uh, there you go. That, <laughs> that would be pretty good. Um you touched on Brad here a second ago too, and and just kind of his play so far this year. And there's been some t- uh, statistics floating around about him being, you know, like a top five perimeter defender in the mm-hmm. NBA so far this year. And, and I one sort of tweet that that stood out to me, I, somebody posted it and said like, you know, everybody owes Brad an apology for calling him a shitty <laughs> defender the last couple of years. Like, I'm sorry, like Brad was not a good defender the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean that he didn't have the ability to be. Like we're seeing that he clearly can. Uh and he's been better this year. I just want to see it for 82 games. Two years ago, you know, the first game of the season, they played the Mavericks, and like Brad was all up in Luca, you know, for the fourth quarter of that game and looked really locked into it and then didn't really play defense the rest of the year. So like, I, I just, mm-hmm. when we haven't seen it for two straight years, I just sort of of the like prove it, you know, thing, give me a larger sample size of him being able to lock in and do this. And I, I think that's huge for this team. If, if he and Dinwiddie both play, you know, just solid perimeter defense, at least. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, he was a lot better defensively under Randy Whitman, mm-hmm. uh, under Scott Brooks, you know, and and I, I get it. I understand, you know, we just didn't have a lot around him, especially with John Wall being injured. Um, but we, we just didn't want to hear that excuse every time. Yeah. I thought there were some lapses where, you know, he could have ran out and closed out or he could have got back on defense or yeah. but just put a, just put a little bit a little more effort. effort. You, yeah. yeah, you don't have to be run our test out there, but just, you know, some type of, you know, uh, just some type of effort. And that's what Wes is looking for. Um, there are some game winners plays that I, I saw him make. I mean, Gorgie Jang in the Hawks game had him yeah. posted up in deep, had deep post position in the post. And, Brad did a good job of staying there, and he almost blocked. He might have even blocked the shot. I think he altered the shot for Gorgie. He either Jang blocked or stripped him. I can't remember right, which yeah. it was. And Gorgie's, you know, six ten, six eleven. So that really should have been two points easily for Gorgie, Gorgie Jang. And um, I thought he did a solid job on Jason Tatum. Jason, Jason Tatum was ten for thirty two mm-hmm. um, in the double overtime game. So I, I thought Brad did a solid job. And if he can just give us effort, then you know that's going to give us, you know, five more wins than what we got last year. If we just see effort from him, the offensive game still is a work in progress. I thought he's shot better in the, the Celtics game. He didn't shoot well, but he got to the basket mm-hmm. where the Nets game, it was just, it was really bad. The whole yeah. game. Yeah. I mean, the whole, the whole teams didn't shoot well, but he just, he wasn't able to get to the basket. He just, it was, it was bad. Um, and then for him to bounce back like that against the, against the Celtics and play better and bounce back against the Hawks where he's getting to the basket. I want to see him get to the free throw line more. I know they changed the rules, which I'm very happy about. Agreed. But um, I do want to see him get to the free throw line a little bit more because I think that's one thing that he's – I mean, he's good at everything on offense, but that's one thing where he's really, 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 really good at is just going downhill, getting to the basket, 
making the big just have to jump and and put his hands down and, and that's that's all automatic foul right there yeah, i mean brad's not the biggest guy but he's mm-hmm. you know like he put john collins on a poster in that atlanta oh game yeah i and, loved it i love uh, it he's he's long he's sneaky athletic but he finds mm-hmm. a way to finish or at least draw foul you know whether or not the refs call it i think is still sort of a point of frustration for him but yeah i mean i he's missing good looks like you can live with that on an NBA team. And one of the other things I've sort of been wrestling with is like the defense is clearly better this year. Like it just, Mm -hmm. it is the effort is better. Um, the not switching everything when it makes no sense to switch is, is a huge improvement and you can just see it. Like guys are more locked in the people they have want to play defense and, and have the ability to actually do it, which, there were some guys last year that wanted to that just weren't ever going to be good <laughs> defenders. But uh, I can't help but feel a little bit like they've dodged a few bullets here, like both the Atlanta game and the Boston game. Those teams missed some looks you wouldn't expect them to miss mm-hmm. in late game situations that they could have. Like, granted, you could go the other way and say if the Wizards made a few more shots they typically make, they mm-hmm. would have blown some of these teams out. But um, have you felt that way at all? Like, Oh shit. Like we got a little lucky that Brown missed that jumper or Tatum missed that jumper. Like you don't expect mm-hmm. a team like that to go two for 30 or whatever very often. Oh yeah. Um, Jalen on, was it overtime or regulation where Jalen Brown just got the ball at the top of the key. He just turns around and then dribbles to the right and mm-hmm. takes one dribble and misses the jumper. That, that's a, that's a wide open shot. I think that was the end of regulation. Brown. Yeah. yeah. So that's a wide open shot. But then like you said, vice versa, you know, didn't when he missed the free throw where, mm-hmm. you know, we should have had a one point lead. Um, we do some bonehead stuff too, and we we shot poorly from the three point line too. But to bring up your point, too, we're ranked uh, three point defense. Our present our percentage is like really really high. Um, I wrote down the stat, but I, I just I can't find it for right now. But our, our our opponent's three point defense we're like really high. I think we're like ranked second. So um, the Celtics were terrible from the three. They were like one for twenty one at one point. They ended up two for twenty six. Uh, the Hawks, I thought they did a solid job. Trey Young wasn't lighting us up on the three. Um, but yeah, we've we've definitely got some breaks. And I think just Wizards history, it's about time we we get some some lucky breaks here and there. But uh I would say, I would say, you know, it's like I would say 80% us actually having defensive effort, and then I would give you know 20 to 15 percent of guys just missing wide open shots, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. But yeah, it's about time we get some luck in our favor. And and I think that's also partly a byproduct of if you guard for the vast majority of the right. game, guys rush and force things when they do finally get open looks. So, you know, maybe that kind of results in, in that sort of difference there, but there were a couple where I was like, all right, uh, uh, we, we should all collectively sigh after that one. I, I just want to talk a little bit here about just the job that Wes Unsell Jr. has done overall. And like this roster is clearly better than last year's, like it's deeper. Oh. It's more versatile. It's sort of a more, I don't know, conventional NBA roster right now. Like you have more size at different positions. You have more balance. Um, you actually have wings, which is wild to think about who we started on the wings last year. Uh, but but how much of this is just like, how much credit do you give Wes Unsell for, for the five and one start? I give him a lot. I mean, Bradley Bill said last year, we couldn't guard a parked car. We, we really couldn't guard a parked car. Yeah. And uh, he's gotten guys to buy in. Uh, he's got Trez locked in playing defense. And the knock on him is that he can't protect the rim or, or you know, he blocked Trey Young's shot. He's, he's actually been somewhat of a shot blocker so mm-hmm. far. 
Uh, he's got Kuz in the right spots playing with confidence. He's got more ball movement. We're passing the ball more. We actually we actually slow the ball. We actually slow the game now where, of course, you know, last year with Rossi wants to get out and run. John Wall wants to get out and run. But with Dinwiddie, it's, it's, a, it's a change of pace. We're slowing it down. We're actually going to try to move the ball around, get guys open, set some screens for Kuzma to get open, set some screens for KCP to get some wide open threes. We're running pick and roll with Denny. You know, Denny is being spots where he can be more mm-hmm. successful. He's not sitting in the corner and just shooting a three. That's just not who he is, not a three and D guy. Um, Denny hasn't shot the ball well either yet, but this is only his second year, so he's going to get better. He just has to make some layups. He's missed a lot of layups so far. Uh, but, yeah, just just in the lineups too, um, using Aaron Holiday, uh, using Aaron Holiday correctly, letting him guard full court. Paolo Neto, just, he's been playing those guys together at times. They've both been scrappy together. Um, I'm excited to see how he uses Rui. I can't wait to see Rui play. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to see the development for Rui because, you know, a big reason why Wes got the job is because he said how he could develop guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's, he's done a good job with Brad, too. He's got Brad to buy in, lock in defensively. The, the stats, you know, I, I, the stats are telling. I, I'll, I'll let Brad get the win with, with the stats, the defensive rating and the, and the win shares. Uh, we'll see if they continue. But just the adjustments, too. We're actually making adjustments. Uh, we got blown out by the Nets. And, you know, maybe in years past, that's where we go on a losing skid. You know, we lose three in a row, and then maybe we might go on a win streak like two in a row. But no, we we stepped up and made adjustments without Dinwiddie being there. And we're having guys step up. We got game plans. And um, we're we're countering game plans for us. You know, the Celtics were rumored to have a game plan on, on Trez because, you know, he beat him up so bad in the first game. And we're you know, it just it just looks like a better coach team. It, it just does. It looks like a better coach team. The movement, the ball movement, it, it's just it's just better right now. Guys are buying in. It's only six games, but I, I like what I see, and we're we're gonna get some guys in with Thomas Bryant too. So I'm really excited to see what happens with with the new guys coming in, or not new guys, but just guys who aren't healthy sure. coming back too. Yeah, I mean, there are obviously moments you can point to where like, all right, things break down. Like that happens mm-hmm. for. You know, when the Warriors were like dynastic, that still happened mm-hmm. to them late in games, too. So like, I, I'm not too worried about uh, an ISO heavy possession, you know, in overtime mm-hmm. or whatever. But the fact that they got down, I want to say six in the first overtime yeah, against yeah, Boston, right. the last five years, that team would have folded like it just it just they would have. Mm-hmm. Um, so I yeah. give the, Le- the LeBron double overtime game yep. where it was on TNT mm-hmm. and he hits off off the backboard. That's the typical Wizards finish. But you know, we made adjustments. Right. Or right. somebody on the team would have thrown the ball up into the air before the game was actually <laughs> over. You know, just Michael Ruffin. We've got decades of of kind of late game um, uh, disasters there. But the biggest thing for me, and and our show became a broken record last year because we crushed Scott Brooks for mm-hmm. you, you couldn't look at a certain player and just clearly identify what their role was supposed to be. You can name anyone on this Wizards roster, and it's very clear what they're looking for them to do mm. in a game. Like, Denny is out there to be a secondary creator and and to guard bigger guys, like, and to be quick and use his hands and and be physical. Like, he's not a, a 3 and D guy anymore. Like, who he's guarding is just different this season, and I think it's made a big difference for him, too. Like, he got exposed quickness-wise and fouled too much. When you guard a bigger guy... He's quick enough to do it and he's strong enough to do it. And he looks more successful. Like pick any guy and, and you can kind of go through that. So I give Wes the most credit for that, but just a, a couple things like 
Kuzma called him a player's coach, but said he enjoyed being coached by him. Like all we heard was Scott Brooks was a player's coach, but, but this is different. Like mm-hmm. they seem to have trust in unselled and feel supported by him. And Kuzma joked that Wes calls a play every time down court. Like, God, what a breath of fresh air to have a coach that, that actually is doing stuff like that. I mean, we went kind of the other way last year when it was clear, like these guys, last year's team needed more structure and just never got it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It was a Robin Lopez hook shot or a rest to the basket or a Brad to the basket. Yep. And Wes himself, actually, every player at some point this season, I think, that's that's done major amounts of media availability. Like I'm not counting like the Cassius Winstons, but the guys you hear from repeatedly have all mentioned resiliency or next man up. And that's the first thing you hear from Unselled in every single press conference is, hey, next man up. Guy went down, next man up. Like guys in foul trouble next man up. I mean, I, I think that's, that's the mantra for this year's team. It seems like, and, and it's true. Like it's not just lip service. Oh yeah, it, it really is. I mean, we've seen guys be out. Didn't really rest on a back to back Gafford, unfortunately being out. I heard he's, um, I heard he was in the shoot around this morning. He's still questionable for tonight. Um, but yeah, yeah. Guys, guys have really stepped up. Aaron holiday had to step up and hit a floater. And I want to say the Hawks game that was that was uh, crucial down the clutch. Um, Trez having to play the five, Kuzma having to play the five, even Bertans has to step in and play the five man at some points. So um, yeah, guys, guys have really <clears throat> excuse me stepped up when we needed them, and then he's stepping up in the clutch and blocking a a, a scorer like a Jason Tatum who's six nine and be able be able to block his shot in the clutch. Uh, it just shows the depth of the team. We just haven't had depth. You brought up earlier with having to play the three-guard lineup with Neto playing the four-man last year and the three-ish playing at the small four position. Just Troy stuff. Brown at the four for stretches. Yeah, sure. Right. Yeah, stuff that should just never happen is is not happening. And, and that that that's with Tommy Shepard, too, just bringing in multiple guys. So it's been a great um, coach in front office cohesion for this all it's so early but just it's just refreshing there's only six games but it's just it's just refreshing to see this stuff happen even if this team goes on a losing streak i'm not going to feel mm-hmm. differently about them just because oh, right. yeah. i like the guys i like the way they play and and there's hope for like future seasons too which i think is also kind of like an underrated factor mm-hmm. uh you mentioned Rui here a minute ago i just want to talk about that to close us out so there's been sort of conflicting reports. You know, one is that um, he's a pariah right now. Like he's ta- his name is taboo in the locker room to the other players. And then on the flip side of that, you hear sort of alternate reporting that no, the team knows exactly what he's doing. He's in there, you know, working with assistant coaches. He's coming in for COVID tests, like uh, that they have him on a very strict plan that Wes Unseld has laid out for him and they don't want to rush him back. So uh, I don't really know where the truth is, but I tend to believe mm-hmm. that considering it's a professional basketball team, the latter is probably more realistic. Uh, I just want to get right. your kind of sense for for what the Rui situation actually looks like. Yeah, I, it's hard to believe that Tommy Shepard would allow them to not be in communication with Rui or his name be taboo or not seen, of course, especially your, your, your first round pick mm-hmm. from uh, two years ago. And it's going to take some time. Um, you know, he, he is, be- he is behind the eight ball, to be honest, you know, there's rumors of him having to gain weight and, you know, get back in the weight room. He's going to have to get in shape and it's tough. I mean, you got three new guys, including Aaron, actually three, three new Lakers, Aaron holiday, 
and um, Spencer Dinwiddie. So that's five guys that are getting legitimate playing time that are new that you have to get chemistry with and also um, playing time. I, I personally don't think when Rui comes back, and it's not a, once again, it's not a knock on Rui, he's probably not going to start. And yeah, I don't think. Yeah. And chemistry is super important. If, if KCP is doing the right things, mm-hmm. KCP doesn't have to go out there and score 20 points. If he's doing the right things defensively and hitting threes when we need him to, and Kuzma's rebounding his butt off like that, cannot you cannot bench two guys playing like that. You just can't. Um, Gavard's going to start, of course. But from Rui, we just want to see him improve. Of course, the mid-range game, we, that's, his, that's his best attribute right there. Can he improve from the three? Can he put the ball on the floor and create a shot for himself? Those are the things that we're looking for from Rui. Of course, the strength, finishing around the rim. We saw the dunk on Tobias Harris, the dunk on Anthony Davis. That's what we're looking for from a guy like Rui. We want, we want him to yell at people. We want him to be more aggressive, more assertive. That's what we're looking for, for Rui or, or from Rui. So, um, But just take the time that you need. Of course, mental health is super important. Uh, he had a huge year in Japan with the Olympics, had to carry the torch, had to, was the number one option on that, on that team by far. Um, so it's a lot. And, you know, he had a, he had a um, counterpart in Miami, Osaka who competed for Japan. She took time off as well. So um, you got football players, Calvin Ridley for the Falcons. He took time off as well. Um, So it's super important and you just got to take that into account. And um, I'm just happy that he's back in, in the country, back in DC, in the area. So, um, I, I can't wait for him to come back, but yeah, like I said, I, I think I think it's the report that we heard that that he's you know working with the team and and communicating from the team. Bradley Bill said that he saw him that he he said he looks good, so um, that's positive news right there. But speculation for a time when he comes back, I don't know when he's going to come back. Like I heard the report was mid November; it's the first right now. So um, you know we'll we'll see what happens by the end, by the end of this month. Unless they start to lose guys to injury beyond what they've mm-hmm. already had, I, I wouldn't. If it's not to set, you know, not till December, then then so be it. But to your point, like Ed, this starting five just fits. It does. Even with Harrell, it still fits because Kuzma's been the way he's been rebounding. Like that's just something that Rui historically has not given you. Like you know, mm-hmm. he's not a double digit rebounder. He's not sort of a, a longer, um, you know, Kuzma as like a backup rim protector. It's been like surprisingly good. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so I, I think the things that that Rui doesn't do well are less exploitable coming off the bench. And I, you know, I'd rather see him than, than Bertans personally, uh, just the way <laughs> right. Bertans has looked. So, or, or even them together. I, I just think having another serviceable guy like that, even if he starts slow is to your benefit. And I think as fans, sometimes we get into the, you know, what have you done for me lately thing? And we forget exactly mm-hmm. what you're talking about, like him throwing down dunks on, on AD and stuff like that. But, he looked really good at the end of that playoff series when other guys oh, yeah. were kind of checked out. And if he's 80% of that guy, that's something you can't afford to give up on, in my opinion. So uh, I hope they're patient. I hope fans are patient. And I don't want to be like a psychologist, but if, if his issues have been with with pressure and, and things like that and expectations, like coming off the bench might actually be better for him and allow him to kind of be um, you know, less stressed by, uh, or less anxious about, you know, the, the weight of expectation. So, uh, I hope it's for, for the better, the betterment of the team and the betterment for him personally, and that the team continues to just do whatever they think makes the most sense while communicating with him a lot. That's the only thing I hope for is that, like you said, that I, I can't believe that Tommy Shepard wouldn't be talking to him. 
I can't <laughs> imagine that the vibe from this team, you know, when you're already talking about team bonding and players only meetings before the season, like there's no way that these guys aren't somewhat in contact with him or aren't at least supportive. That That's my take at least. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Brad, Brad is a good guy. I mean, he's always, I mean, all the guys are good guys from what we know on and off the court. Brad does so much stuff in the community. So I know he's definitely reaching out to we at least send in a text or, or something. Ed, you've been very generous with your time. I appreciate it. I told you I was only going to take like 25 minutes. So, so sorry for going <laughs> a little over here. You guys are churning out a ton of podcasts. You got YouTube content coming out. Uh, tell folks where they can find you and uh, social media, all that good stuff too. Yeah. So um, I'm on Locked On Wizards and my co-host, Delonte Daniels. He's, uh, he's, 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 he's like a Twitter guru. He's really yep. good. And uh, we got a good chemistry going on Locked On Wizards. We're just having a blast right now. We're both having fun on there. We're five and one. Uh, so you can subscribe. It's called Locked On Wizards. It's uh, a part of the Locked On NBA Network and Locked On Podcast. They got NFL stuff too. But yeah, make sure you guys subscribe to Locked On Wizards. Uh, we do daily Monday through Friday. And then also when there's games on weekends, we do a quick 10-minute uh, YouTube video and podcast as well. So you guys make sure you guys subscribe. We just hit 700 subscribers. We started on YouTube you. about last month or two months ago. So it just shows how good the Wizards fan base is. We're just – we we – we deserve a good team. We really do. And the, and the fan base will really get out there when, when we start winning and being more consistent. So, um, like I said, just make sure you guys subscribe hit the notification bell. I'm on Twitter too. Um, my Twitter name is EDT triple O F L A double T interesting name, but, um, that's where you guys can find me on there. I don't know how you guys do it. I think it would drive me crazy to do, uh, <laughs> at least five a week, but you guys do a great right. job. You both always manage to keep the energy up, which again is always easier with a winning team. And like you said, uh, DC fans will will not only come out to support a good team, but but good content. So mm-hmm. uh, appreciate what you guys do. And uh, thanks for coming on. Oh, thank you for having me. All right. Again, that's Ed Oliver from the Locked On Wizards podcast. Again, those guys do a great job. Delonte is super entertaining and super energetic. So a good vibe to listen to, too. So make sure to check them out. As always, uh, you can catch us once a week. We're going to try to make this show Mondays this season hopefully stick with us. Obviously the the schedule will kind of dictate if there aren't compelling reasons to do it on a Monday and makes more sense to wait for a Tuesday, those kinds of things. Rate, review, subscribe, check us out. Uh, we're going to try to get some, some more good guests on here over the course of the season. So uh, whoever you want to hear from, let us know and we'll make sure to, to mix those guys in as well. All right. Uh, until next week, hopefully we, uh, we have some more Wizards wins to talk about. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. 
And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.